Hello Rachel, what are you doing? I'm just putting together episode 53 of the Lessons from Lost podcast. That's fantastic. And who are you talking to this week? A return guest this week, it's Dr Jane Lewis again. Excellent. And what's Jane talking about this time? She's talking about the importance of touch and how we lost those opportunities during the Covid-19 pandemic. I wonder if porcupines like a bit of a touch. I think they do like a good scratch. I bet they do. Let's find out some more, shall we, from Jane. Hello and welcome to Lessons from Loss, the podcast in which we share our experiences of loss and more importantly, what we learn from them that now positively guides our lives today. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, and each episode I chat with a different guest. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the courage and vulnerability of all my guests in sharing their very personal experiences and also the impact hearing these experiences may have on you, the listener. So please take care as you listen. So today I'm delighted to be chatting again to Dr. Jane Lewis. Some of you may recall listening to Jane's experience of losing her mum to dementia in episode 43 and how the ancient Hawaiian wisdom of Huna helped her. So in that episode, Jane mentioned several times about the impact of the restrictions that were placed upon us during the recent pandemic, with particular regard to the loss of touch from one human being to another during, for some people, what were the darkest of days. And it's a topic close to my heart as a body therapist. And I'm so pleased that Jane has agreed to come back to the podcast to specifically talk about this loss of touch that most of us experienced to some degree or another during that time. So welcome back, Jane. Oh, thank you so much, Rachel. It's it's lovely to be here. Oh, fabulous. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I say it is a topic that's close to my heart, too. So there were so many losses experienced during that time period um, mm. back in 2020, 21. You know, obviously, you know, there was a lot of death. Um, it was people, you know, were losing their health. Um, there was loss of income, jobs, businesses, education, connection with friends and family, you know, our, our freedom to be able to travel where we wanted to go. And I think that initially perhaps that impact of the, the loss of touch with another human was not really considered, but as time went on, it became so much more apparent. So why is touch so important to us as humans? <laughs> well, it, it goes back to babyhood. I mean, it goes, it, it really goes all the way back to when we're so young. Um, when the baby's born, the bonding process, that skin to skin process, is so important for creating those initial bonds. Yes, there's, there's the, the the whole thing of uh, oxytocin um, that is produced when we touch, but it, it's it's that it's that it is it's it's a bonding chemical that's produced, and so from from the moment we pop out the womb, we are we we, we we're almost looking for that. We connect with that. And as we grow older, um, certainly when you come to the point of being sexually active, again, in a relationship, in the first couple of months of a, of a relationship, uh, a physical relationship, oxytocin is produced through touch. So there is something about the, the, the bonding that, um, that, that, that touch gives for us 
So touch is important at many different stages, but it's not just the it's not just the oxytocin and the bonding. It's the you know, if you if you even stroking your own skin, there's something so soothing about touch. And as a body worker, um, I trained as a as a massage therapist and aromatherapist. And there is something so fundamentally soothing, just that, you know, you stroke your own skin. And there's something very soothing that happens. Um, I mean, in a COVID context, I became, I was really made aware of it. My uh, One of my cousins died just before lockdown. It wasn't from COVID. It, it, um, it was from for other reasons. Um, and the funeral was in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was streamed. And it was right at the beginning. And you could only have, I think it was up to six people at the funeral. Um so her um some of her brothers and, and sisters went and i was watching it on the live stream because obviously i'm i'm a cousin i'm not uh, I'm, I'm not i'm not close and the fact i it just it hit my heart the fact that there they were grieving for their sister and and their aunt um and they couldn't they were not allowed to hug and that's a time when we, you know, when we when we're in that moment of loss, that's such an important time to connect yeah. and to be forbidden from doing that thing is that 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 is so natural and so important. Because it, often a hug works wonderfully where you can't find the words yeah. to say to yeah. somebody, but you can give them a hug or you can touch their arm or yeah. and that actually speaks all the words that need to be spoken sometimes yeah yeah just that that and and that you know and that that level of connection being being for, forbidden and of course I knew that you know once they that they would you know that they'd go car park and they probably would hug yeah. but but it was that in that moment because funerals are so um you know as an interface minister uh Funerals are a privilege from a ministry point of view, but they're also very charged. There is that there's something very precious, actually, about a funeral. Um, And to not be able to do do that in that moment, it just it it really it really made made me very aware. Mm. Um, And another another time when I mean, a much earlier time, this was back in the days. Back in the days when we could all touch, um, I did some voluntary work in Sarajevo, and it was just after the. It was about nine months after the end of the Bosnian War, and uh, I was there as an aromatherapist and cranial sacral therapist. And it was this elderly lady who who it was a it was a physio clinic, because a lot of people because they'd been um, living underground, having to drag water, all that sort of stuff. A lot of them had. Um, back problems and wow. uh, physiological uh, uh, physio physio type problems and this lady um she was a muslim and she'd been a farmer and she'd lost her farm she'd lost everything she was now a refugee but she'd it, it's a different kind of loss but it is a real loss to lose everything your home and she must have been i would say she was probably in her late 70s to lose everything particularly at that age how do you start again mm. and she hated living in the city and she was very very grumpy understandably 
And through the through through the translator, we understood that the thing that she missed most of all the things that she could miss, it was there was the loss of her home. But the thing she absolutely missed most was the loss of her rose garden, because there was it, it connected her to her husband. She was a widow, mm. and it had that very special connection to her husband. And somebody, not me, had the bright idea of. Um, uh, mixing some rose oil into um oil into into a carrier and just because she wouldn't have massage just massaging her hands and just a couple of days of that the touch the scent and the attention and she was she was ready to she was ready to take all her clothes off and be massaged no problem but it was extraordinary the transformation that that simple thing, simple thing, made, and it really, you know, it really made it land with me that just, gosh, touch and 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 scent, uh, the, the, you know, the the sense of smell is so powerful, um, and we, I don't know, I think we ignore it to some extent. I mean, one of the things that. I think a lot of people saw in during COVID and, and may have experienced was the um, you know the pictures of um, people in care homes who their relatives when their relatives were finally allowed to visit, but they could only they, it was through it was through a perspex screen. Yes. And again, not being able to touch and in a, if you're living in a care home, you may not get that much touch anyway. No, and to have that where particularly somebody who's got dementia it can't be explained it it yeah as I say I think we it's something that we sometimes forget about mm. or forget that we we overlook yeah I wonder if we perhaps take it for granted because as you were saying that then I was just thinking that you know if you've ever sort of asked to think about you know if you if you had to lose a sense what sense would you lose and generally most people would immediately think, well, would I want to lose my eyesight or my hearing or maybe taste or mm. maybe smell? But I don't think I've ever like considered, would I want to lose my sense of touch? And yeah. I don't think I can think of anyone else who's ever said that would be the sense I wouldn't want to I yeah. wouldn't want to lose. Well, I guess because I, I I guess partly we assume that we can't, although I'm sure there's yeah. no conditions where where you can where, where you can you lose your sense of touch we it's kind of and and we probably don't know many people I mean we, we know people who've lost their hearing or mm. lost their sight or um certainly my my grandfather lost his sense of uh, smell and taste um so yeah. we you know we know we know of people but yeah. maybe we don't know of people who've lost their sense of touch mm. Yes, and I and I suppose as well that we've probably all, to one degree or another, experienced a you know a little bit of what it might be like to not have that. So mm. um, I don't know if you if you experience through. I mean, any one of these could be sort of through not being well, but you know you could you know through a cold you lose yeah. your, your sense and your, your taste and and smell and you know you might lose your ear your hearing might get bunged up or you know perhaps your eyes might be blurry or or something like that but yeah we don't often lose that that sense of touch although thinking about that I had 
a very debilitating bout of sciatica two years ago to the point where my toes were numb and Mm -hmm. they are, you know, two years on, the tips of them are still numb. So I guess I did kind of get that experience of actually, you know, that feels odd now. That's that's an odd sensation to have my toes touched by particularly by somebody else because it doesn't feel like it used to feel. So, yeah. Yeah, and obviously things like spinal injuries and things, they... You know they 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 may they may have an impact, but the skin is such a large organ, such mm-hmm. an important organ, and it's got all those little nerve endings. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it it, uh, it it's and 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 I know that I know that periods in my life where so I went through a period of clinical depression, um, but I was helping out in a massage school. A friend of mine had a massage school, and I think one of the one of the things that helped helped me keep going through the, the clinical depression was that she would use me as a demo subject so I'd get the, the, the thing about being a demo subject in a massage school you only get half your body massaged at yeah. any time <laughs> they do one side and then you turn them over but but I was I because I wasn't in a relationship um but I was getting regular touch in the form of massage um which I think for me, for you know, for anybody, if if you're not getting regular touch, if you can get regular massage of some kind, um, particularly in in the wake of bereavement, yes, yeah. What is it about not, or what do you think is the impact of people not being able to have that touch? What is particularly during that that period of COVID? I think it enhances the loneliness. Mm. and the separation and the disconnection because there's no and and probably at a level where probably at a level where many of us are not even conscious you know we're feeling something's missing but we we think it's perhaps talking to people or um you know i know sort of in the in the wake of covid various uh, groups that i'm in where, which had gone online would have you know the first get together and everyone's like oh it's just so fabulous to be in the company of people um and we weren't doing a lot of hugging because there was that covid thing but but most people probably got in at least one got in at least one hug um because it is that it's 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 just so precious um, but I, as I say, I, I don't think we're as conscious of it, and I, I think we're not conscious of why why we miss it. Um, and one of the things I, I say to people is, if you can't get a massage, then at least spend some time, spend some time on your own skin. You know, soothing your own skin. There's, um, I don't know whether your listeners will have come come across it, but there's a thing called um, havening which is a, it's a technique for um, soothing the system, calming anxiety okay. soothing the system. And basically what you do is you, 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 you run your hands. I, I, I don't know much about it, but I have looked into it a little bit. And basically you put your hands on, you cross your hands and put one hand on each shoulder and just run your hands down the length of your arms. And you can do it on your body as well. And it just, calms you down now that's not even on skin you know you can do that on your clothes but there's something about that movement 
that soothes the system. Yeah, I'm just doing that now. And it is it is really soothing, isn't it? And actually, I just want to extend that into a little hug for myself as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I guess people don't necessarily think that they, you know, that's something that they can sort of do to themselves, particularly if they are in, you know, bereavement or depression or, you know, just in a in a dark place at some time that actually there is, you know, that, that you can self-soothe yeah. through touch. Yeah, because we're not taught it. It's not mm. something, it's not talked about. I mean, you know, if you think it's wonderful that kids in school, um, you know, they are being taught things like mindfulness and meditation. But I, touch has become such a, a delicate subject Yes, it's because of all you know, because of all, all 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 the appalling stuff that's been going on around around sexual abuse. You actually have to be really careful who you touch mm. and when you touch them. The days of you know, um, in my 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 partner, he's um he's a musician and for years did music and storytelling with the under fives. He could not touch an under five. And they'd come, they'd bundle up to him and they'd grab him by the knees. Oh, oh, Peter, Peter, lovely. But he couldn't, he was not allowed to respond in any way. Quite understandably, because I say, because of, because of what has, because of what has gone on. But it's so difficult, whether whether it's a child or an adult, you see somebody in distress and you want to put a hand on them. Yeah. Or it's our natural, it's a natural response. But you have to be so careful. And I think, yeah. you know, our, yeah, it's, we're, not, we're not allowed to touch in so many circumstances now. It's inappropriate. And it's, yeah, just considering the impact of that, you know, the, the impact of, on children, because particularly, I guess, if they come from a home setting where they don't, receive a lot of loving touch yeah to then not be able to get it from other people but yes completely you know to understand the, the reasoning behind that but I think also you know at the other end at end of life as well sometimes that touch is so important yeah yeah, and my heart goes out to people who who are alone at end of life, whether whether it's yeah. whether they're in a, um, a a care home or a hospice or whether they're in their home, but you know, who don't have people around who can even just something as simple as stroke, you know, just move the move the hair out of the, out of the face, or or just do a gentle stroke of the head, or um, it's so um, it's just so important. Yeah. Just, important yeah and as you say that connection with with not feeling alone mm. you know, if somebody's at the, at the stage where you know they may they may only be able to communicate through a, a squeeze of a hand mm. Mm. in those very last sort of moments of life really to know that somebody is is there as you say either stroking their hair or just Holding their holding their hand or stroking their leg or having mm -hmm. a very 
that must be a yeah a, a very different experience to to feeling so alone at that time mm-hmm. yeah yeah so touch <laughs> we should yes when you, where, where you can where you can do so appropriately hug your loved ones <laughs> absolutely and I always think hug them yeah just always a little bit a little bit tighter <laughs> that's something I think that I I learned from um you know during those lockdown times was was actually when I was able to get a hug how much more important they were and I tried to give proper big bear proper big hugs. <laughs> and I think we went through that sort of whole stage almost which I guess is no bad thing given sort of the you know the the angle of, of abuse that we we had just touched on that actually kind of in those early months when the restrictions were starting to be lifted I think people were perhaps just a little bit more mindful about asking could yeah. they hug yeah yeah could I touch you and and you know, because I guess for some people, actually, because because we're not all touchy feely people, are we? You know, I personally love a hug, but I, I know my you know, my my partner doesn't. Um, so so actually, quite he quite enjoyed that period of time. Um, you know, where you know it wasn't being bombarded with hugs and things when when people were seeing us. Um, but yeah, I think maybe you know maybe that's something that we that we take forward actually is that sort of you know asking permission but is that okay to which then maybe helps people you know accept those those moments of touch if they are you know that way inclined that that certainly hugs or being you know hugely into personal space is uh, is an issue yeah and i think people are i noticed it a lot more um sort of post-covid well post-covid <laughs> there was something on the radio the other day like a million people in britain have still got it but anyway yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah i think but i think we are we are a, we are that much more conscious and we sort of pause and even if we don't say anything there's just that that you know the questioning move of the head that sense of is it okay if i give you a hug yes and yeah. i and i think there's i think there's i think there's value in that um and and just if we can only if if we just acknowledge the role that touch plays the 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 importance of touch in in human connection in soothing in 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 soothing the soothing the system when when the system is is all fired up um then how beautiful I'm a I'm a former massage therapist, so you, I don't think you go into massage unless you unless unless you you know unless touch is something that you you enjoy giving and receiving. But it's certainly certainly I I know the importance of it in my life and how it's helped me get over yeah difficult situations, difficult emotional situations. Totally agree with that that yeah touch is is very important to me and certainly as that you know during those difficult times either touch from someone else or just that ability to be able to self-soothe as well 
I think that I've not come across much research so far into the consequences of no touch during period, pretty much period of two years. Um, you know, what consequences does that have on us as a society? What, you know, what really, what does that do, particularly, particularly in care homes and places like that? Um, but for kids as well. Yes. You know, little kids who typically, as I say, as in the case with my partner, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll if they, you know, if they know you and they like you, they'll run up and they'll, 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 they'll give you a hug. Um, and it was educated out of them. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of the babies that were born during that period. I mean, obviously they would have had the, you know, the touch from the from the parents, but that sort of, I suppose, exposure to wider, wider family, you know, yeah. that may that may have had an impact. Yeah, not getting, the, not getting past from it. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, baby, the baby, the baby parcel. Oh, right, okay, I'm going to get some baby energy now. It's your turn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Which I guess is probably all part of a baby's sort of sense of security away from the the parents. Yeah, and getting yeah. them used to that. Yeah, and learning what different learning what different. Because when you're that close, there's you, you you can smell the difference. You can mm. you can really sense the difference. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting over the the next sort of decade or so to to see what comes out of that and what you know if there is any research yeah. done. I mean, certainly there's been research done, hasn't there, into the is it the Romanian orphanage? Yeah, the Romanian orphans. Yeah. Yeah, where the the child that was perhaps in the in the cot or the bed next to the light switch, yeah, actually had a better outcome than those that were further down the room because at least you know they they may perhaps have had a a ruffle on the head or or something as the. Wow, I didn't know that. I know there was um, there's there's something the 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 um the psychology you know, it's one of the sort of psychology stories. Um, of and I, I forget where it was, but it was a, a research lab where they were. It was rabbits. Um, they were using rabbits for research purposes, um, medical research, and there there was a group of rabbits where the results were unexpected because the rabbits were blooming and blossoming and they weren't supposed to be. And what they discovered was that one of the um, one of the rabbit keepers. Um, had been in the habit every evening she'd go in and she'd pick up each rabbit and and cuddle them and put them back so the the cuddled rabbits um blossom you, you know the, the their immune system it boosted their immune systems mm. so they reacted differently to whatever it was that that, that, that the the being however the experiment was being con- conducted they offered they they uh, responded in a very different way to the rabbits not in her care oh wow that is that is fascinating isn't it and that kind of yeah. just says it all really because yeah. it and it was and and an, and if i remember it correctly it's the impact on the immune system yes 
that they that they particularly know well you can test an impact you can you can test immune systems it's it's, it's easy testing the emotions of rabbits is probably more difficult mm. but testing the immune system of rabbits is pretty easy um and they notice difference in the immune systems that direct impact on the immune system that's really powerful isn't it yeah then did that loss of touch and the impact that that has on the immune system did that actually then have an impact on the outcome of people who who were in hospital with covid quite possibly that's almost mind blowing isn't it because they wouldn't have been they wouldn't have been allowed to be touched except by people with ex- with vast amounts of ppe <laughs> yeah and yeah that would be interesting as well wouldn't it to to know the difference of the impact of of having touch skin on skin but also having touch through as you say multiple layers of, of ppe yeah and i guess the part of the connection is is still there isn't it yeah but it's the type of touch you know it's, it's yeah. the, they'll move the layer your leg or they'll lean you forward or they'll They'll do what it, those kinds of things, but they're probably not going to spend time stroking stroking your hand. Or no, no, you're right. Actually, it is the it is the type of touch, isn't it? And perhaps the intention of the touch, which is really important. Yeah, because not not all touch is good. So it, it, it is about loving, soothing touch. Yeah, and it ties in obviously with with what you're saying about the uh, the Romanian the kids in the Romanian orphan orphanages. Mm. touch needs to be uh on prescription perhaps absolutely <laughs> and certainly uh, you know in within any kind of um well-being program or or advice on just that yeah yeah that power of touch oh thank you so much for coming back on today jane it's been it's been really fascinating and i will definitely check out some of those uh bits of research that you that you mentioned and yes let's all carry on hugging or self-soothing or you know finding the the ways that we're individually comfortable with with having having that touch to to help ourselves with brilliant it's been lovely to talk to you take care thank you jane i really enjoyed that conversation i'm sure there's going to be lots more future research into the importance of touch and what happens when we're denied touch. Thank you to everybody who supports me in the production of this podcast, Jamie Farrell for the beautiful music and of course to you for listening. This podcast will go on for as long as I have guests to share their stories so if you have an interesting story about loss and more importantly the lesson that you learned from that and which you'd like to share please get in contact. I'll be back soon with another lesson from loss.